0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. my name is Noel Hogelman. My guest this week is James Reynolds. James, probably best known for portraying Abe Carver on Days of Our Lives, a role he originated back in 1981, came on as a policeman, worked his way up as commissioner and then eventually the mayor. The role earned him the Daytime Emmy Award for Most Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama Series in 2018. In fact, he's only the second day's actor to win that award. He took a two-year break in the early 90s to star in the show Generations. That earned him a Primetime Emmy Award nomination. We talk all things Days, some of his favorite storylines, and even before he joins the ranks of acting, he was a Vietnam vet. We talk about a little bit of that, early on in his career, his life. I had my wife Jody join us, who's a big Days fan, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with James. So, James, how has uh, quarantine life been for you so far? Oh, quarantine
1: life. Oh, my goodness. Um, it's actually has been pretty good. You know, um, uh, I don't really have a tremendous amount of uh, issues with quarantine life. Uh, I, I'm a little bit of a hermit. So I think that that might have something to do with it. And um, but it's not it's not too bad. Um, you know, you have your you have your challenges. You kind of have to keep your attitude uh, uh, constant and uh, but you know my wife and I enjoyed being together so that's that's a plus right. that helps for people that don't have that advantage that's uh, makes it difficult but we we do so that's been a plus and I've been extraordinarily busy um, you know I'm talking to you now but I've done a number of interviews I, I actually rehearsed uh, there's a digital series that I was uh, approached about being on that uh, that will happen but it probably won't happen now till the spring but tentatively actually tentatively i think we were supposed to shoot the first episode today um so that was uh you know there there are a number of things i've got uh, two or three projects that i haven't uh finished yet uh that i'm still working on so it's actually been an interestingly busy time and i actually i enjoy zoom so there you go
0: (laughs) everyone should have you know watched zoom Zoom stock probably in february then yes yes don't we all wish we had yeah exactly (laughs) it's gonna be the word of the year zoom
1: yes (laughs) yes
0: yeah like for us i mean we both worked from home you know she's a teacher so she's still trying to figure out what's going on you know in a couple weeks so now now
1: where are you where are you located
0: we're we're in connecticut
1: oh you're in connecticut so uh is there pressure to go back to school or are you going to do uh, online, or how's, how's that going to work for you?
2: Yeah, well, we, we live in Trumbull. Um, I teach in Stanford.
0: And uh-huh.
2: right now, we are going back in person, but we're going back with a hybrid model. So it's every other day. Um, so we're going to be in person as well as remote learning on the days that we're not in person. So it's, it's going to be a bit of a challenge because as teachers, yeah. we're not even sure really how that's even going to look yet. So I can gonna, imagine. Yeah, so I can gonna imagine. Gonna before school starts for the students that we're getting a ton of training on how to do the hybrid models. So we'll see. Now, are they
1: they limiting class size for you?
2: They were talking about it, how that Uh well, breaking, doing the hybrid model is breaking the kids up into groups. The whole idea is to have no more than 50% of the student population in the building at any one time. At any one time. So that will absolutely lower the class size.
1: Yeah. 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 But you teachers have to be there all the time.
2: Yes,
1: that's right. the that's the uh, that's one of the difficult things, that nobody ever really addresses. Yes.
2: So, you
1: know, you have to be there.
2: And, you know, we were told just recently, I found out yesterday, as a matter of fact, that um, should the Stanford schools have to close because of another outbreak of cases, mm. um, teachers will still be required to report to the classroom. And do the remote teaching from the classroom. I don't really know. And I don't even know how that, what the plan for that is. Yeah.
1: Because so. you could do it from home. I mean, if it came to that, there's really no need for you to expose yourself to. Uh,
2: I mean, from March until June, I was doing it from home. So it's absolutely yeah. doable.
1: So you've done it. And, and yeah. so the experience is there. Yeah. It's just strange, strange decisions are going into, uh, yeah. into these things, I think. You know, yeah. For you and the staff to have to go in, it just, I don't know, kind of boggles my mind. Yeah. (laughs)
2: You know, I mean, they they give the option for staff members to opt out for medical Mm. reasons and, you know, things like that. It has to be approved, though, by HR. So it depends. It depends what the circumstances. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. And for me, I've been loving life because I've been working from home since March and will through the, the rest of the year. Yeah. So I, so I assume
1: this is not, not what you do full-time. You, you have
0: No, yeah. I, w- I wish I couldn't get paid for it. This is just, <laughs> 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 it's just
2: a bonus. Yeah, yeah. It, certainly.
0: It, yeah, exactly. But I've been, you know, commuting to New York City every day. and you know, Oh, my goodness. That was, How long was, is that commute? About 90 minutes on the train each way.
1: Each way. Each way. So, so three it, hours.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> wow.
1: I mean,
0: wow. working from home gained three hours back. Yeah you know save a lot and of money a
2: lot More time <laughs> with your children which has been very nice yes yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yes i'm sure I mean, so i'm well. sure that's been nice so, how many do you have we have three and mm-hmm. we just saw our, our baby just turned one. <laughs> so, oh
1: my yeah. goodness
0: so they're spread out nicely right now yeah
1: <laughs> were they a couple years apart or
0: uh, a couple uh <laughs> 15, oh, yeah. 15, 10, and 1. So, yes, they're a couple.
1: Wow, you folks uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> well, got the, I hope the 15-year-old helps. Oh, he does. They yeah. are amazing. Oh, that's great. Yeah.
2: The big brother and big sister are incredible. And about two years ago, we just decided we missed having the baby in the house. So...
1: <laughs> oh, that's sweet. That's sweet. She's been that's very strong for years. And finally, you know, I agree <laughs> 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 Yeah, that's very
0: nice yeah but it's been great absolutely yeah have they spoke to you about like when you know the production for days is going to start up again?
1: yeah we go back on the first of september okay uh which is coming up quite soon and uh, the show will go back i won't go back until i think it's two weeks after that or right around there i spoke to the producers uh, a couple times this week actually and um so uh we're you know i think I know that the show has done a great deal. They, they really have put in place, um, you know, my wife uh, was very unsure what her feelings were about this. And then uh, she heard my uh, phone call and, and felt very reassured because they're doing, um, they've, they've done and are doing so much to ensure our safety. So, you know, one of the sad things is that we won't, we won't see each other. We, we you know, usually we go in in the morning and it's kind of hug everyone and give them a kiss on the cheek. And we all gather in the makeup room and people catch up with, you know, it's like a din of conversations uh, going on. And uh, and it's, it's one of the great things about what we do is the socialization of it and getting to see people and getting to know each other off camera as well as on. And that's where we run lines all day. We go into the makeup room. We go into different dressing rooms. Well, we can't do that now. We, it's simply you cannot face uh, another actor only on stage. Only on stage, that's it. And we will all be masked until they say action. And Then you take the mask off, put it down, and go ahead and, and uh, play the scene. And you're pretty much, that's the way it is and you're in your dressing room. So we'll be actually uh, Zooming. It's a different company. It's a different format, I guess. Um, that's how we will interact with other, with other cast members.
0: Wow. Have you, uh, have you zoomed with any of the cast members during the,
1: I have, I have. In fact, I, uh, the other day, uh, uh, Ari and, uh, and Sean and, uh, Sal and Lamon and I were, uh, I have, I have zoom cocktail parties. So, <laughs> uh, I had that, I've, I've had a couple with a couple of producers and then I'm putting together, uh, Another one, we kind of have to figure out what day, but Lin- Lindsay was supposed to join us, but she couldn't do it. And uh, so I thought, oh, why don't we do one one or two more? I'll do one or two more before, before we actually start back to work. But I have a feeling this is how we're going to communicate now for, uh, I suspect, until next June. So that's my suspicion.
0: And how many shows were recorded before mm-hmm. you know, the whole pandemic started? We had
1: a lot. We can go into, we'll go into October. Okay. What you, Yeah, what you'll see is uh, the show will go into, I don't think I'm spilling any beans here. It will go into October and uh, then probably a couple weeks after that to kind of move us away from those stories and into something that's different and feels fresh and renewed. And uh, so you'll see that. You'll see that come on. Right.
0: And I know you own a, uh, a theater out in California. Yeah. How um how is the I know it's probably been closed now, but is yeah, the jeopardy of you know closing down for good because of the pandemic. Yes, well, no, uh, that was a fear. We had that fear,
1: um, and uh, we have a company called Young Stars Theater that has been leasing our theater. We actually haven't produced a show now for gosh, I guess a couple of years, uh, which we love doing, and we we are sorry not to do it, but it was just it's a lot of work. And the cost on it grew. So we decided that we should find someone who can lease, who can play within the union rules. And so Young Stars Theater does that for us. And they are staying. Most of their work is done online, uh, uh, virtually. And uh, and they're wonderful at it. They're teaching singing and dancing, even presenting uh, a play online. I think Shrek is online right there. So if anybody wants to see it, go to uh, FremontCenterTheater.com. And you can find out, um, you know, what, what we have going and, and how it plays. But it's um, it's sad walking into that empty theater and seeing that space that has been the embodiment of so much life for now for over twenty years. And uh, it's it's really uh, uh, sad to see. But uh, you know, given the extraordinary circumstances, I don't know that I, I don't know that it can get back to normal in any particular way until probably uh the earliest would be i would think maybe may the latest probably now next year right. so <laughs> it's uh but you know we'll we'll all keep going and young stars theater staying with us and uh we uh we own the building that the theater is in and uh, that building's very healthy right now we've had to do a lot of uh, little things to keep everybody there and to make sure everybody can stay because we, we don't we, we love our tenants we don't really want to uh, lose them so a lot of creative things my wife has done a lot of very creative work to make sure everybody can stay
0: how did uh, buying the theater come about
1: uh, we well we were leasing the space we had a business called classes unlimited that presented sort of uh, oh this I remember this is before the iPhone so we didn't have it was not a lot of internet presence this is in the middle 90s, early middle 90s. And uh, so people would take classes, you know, how to do a computer, how to learn languages, how to, how to marry a millionaire, all those, uh, mm-hmm. one of our most popular classes, actually. And, um, uh, uh, and the people that owned our building wanted to sell it, and they wanted to sell it to us. So we said, yeah, that would be uh, very good. And my wife wanted to uh, have a theater, and it, it, the, the building actually had a perfect space for that and uh, that we were also utilizing at the time anyway as part of our other business. And um, so we decided to move away from that business, run the theater, which never made us a dime, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a it was work of love. Right. And, um, uh, and that has been, um, you know, now for, uh, I think, maybe 22 years, 23 years, we've, uh, that's what we've been doing. Nice. He's looking at you. I know. <laughs> I said, what do you got what to do you got
2: time. <laughs> it's funny, I was actually, he was just wondering if i had any if i had a question yeah. <laughs> but um oh. I, when you were talking about starting production up again what was going yeah. on i was just curious because i know um that there was like a six month lapse right from when you would mm-hmm. tape a show until it actually aired is it aired. Going to be that again or is it going to be like
1: that's a good question. That's a good question. It obviously worked to our advantage. We were the only show putting on original shows for the majority of the summer. Right. So it it wasn't planned for a pandemic, but it did <laughs> it did work to our advantage. And um, so I'm sure that there is some thought about that because of how it ultimately worked out. Um, however, because of of COVID, there could be drags on production as well. There might be. Hopefully not, but there might be time when we might have to shut down for a period of time. Right. So there is an advantage of getting ahead in that way as uh, also. When I started on the show years ago, um, we, did, we did one show a day. We take one show a day, and we were two weeks ahead. We were two weeks ahead, and the shows had to be sent to New York, the edited shows sent to New York, and uh, we had a two-week lag time. And then over the course of particularly the last 12... Uh, I guess, 12 to 15 years, uh, that time has grown. Initially, it was four weeks until, you know, we we were hitting at six months there for a while. And uh, so I would imagine it'll be somewhere between that four-week period and maybe three months. I don't don't know. uh, I'm not privy to those conversations, but I don't know about six months ago.
0: So how much of, like, a hiatus time would you get? Like, on on a typical year? Uh, None, none. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> we're done uh no we, we get
1: no we, before we were we had 14 weeks a year now okay. once again when i started right. you we basically got thanksgiving and uh, which was the thing that so it became like a four day break or maybe five day and we got christmas okay which was two weeks most of the time that was it every other holiday we worked we used to have uh cookouts on the set for fourth of july and all these which was nice and everybody celebrated together and if there there's there's a, a plus to that as well but um as time went on we started shooting more and more ahead one of the positive byproducts was that we got more downtime uh, but um that's gone now that won't that won't happen we'll still get thanksgiving and christmas but um uh because the the shortening of the calendar and unknowing we don't we just don't know what, what will happen uh, with, uh, with the Rona uh, going forth. And uh, so we'll have to wait and see.
2: Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just curious. If it, well, I, this may be a difficult one to answer. I don't know mm-hmm. if there's so many good ones, but if there was like one favorite storyline or memorable, most memorable. That yeah. You, you know, I know I might be putting you on the spot. I don't know. But there. are no, like, no, no, no. so many, if you could th- change. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, I, I I do get asked that question, and uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's hard to figure it out. Uh, I, I I'm sure I've given a different answer uh, several times, and uh, because it's very difficult. Uh, uh, and I would think there are several that compete for it. I mean, obviously, I have to say the uh, Theo Aid scenes, you know, that uh, have won the Emmy for so that. Yes. That now makes it an easier question to answer than it used to be. Uh, so that has to be number one. But there were a number. I'm finding out that uh, uh, Brandon was Abe's son with, with Fay. that certainly was, was a big one. Uh, when uh, Lexi embraced her demerahood, that, uh, that was another major questions. one to say <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah and that red cowl dress i'm sure everybody remembers that that she wore during that time and then the originals uh salem strangler you know the first story that abe was uh part of and abe was seen and uh got involved in so there, there are a lot and there are a lot in between there that uh, i could i could mention
2: salem Strangler. no i that, that was in the
1: 80s, right? That that was. in the 80s. 80s. Yes, you're, like you're I said, probably too young. Yeah. You must. You were baby.
2: I was. Yeah. A you were toddler. toddler then, but mm-hmm. that, you were toddler. Deidre, <laughs> <laughs> Deidre Hall's sister was in that, right? Her twin sister. <laughs> What's that? Deidre Hall's twin sister, wasn't she? in Yes. Storyline. Yes,
1: he was yes. the uh, when they thought Marlene was killed. It was. That, it was yes, and it was really Andrea. Yeah. 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 Good job. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I was
2: about. To say, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> She was out.
1: an observant toddler. Yeah, toddler. <laughs> right. That was it. <laughs> yeah. TV was a babysitter. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah.
0: yeah. But, but before we actually started this, I was talking with her about, um, I guess, the killing of the ten members of Salem. That was what. Ah,
2: yes. Yeah. The Salem stalker.
1: Yes. Stalker. The Salem. Yeah. Another stalker. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. True.
0: Two point And yeah, you were you were the the, the first, first casualty.
1: I was the first one. Yeah, My own wife announced me dead. Right. <laughs> I should have known something was up. then. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, how much like, um, like notification did they give you about whether you were coming back? Or did you really think that was the end of Abe Carver?
1: Oh, I thought it was the end. I thought it was done. Uh, I thought it was a done deal. Um, and uh, that was, uh, uh, yeah, that was interesting. You know, you never want to hear... Never wanna hear, you're going to die. Yeah, and uh, so when I was called up to, uh, uh, who was the producer then, Tom Langan I think, and uh, to his office and he said, I am afraid we're gonna, you know, Abe is going to die. And you, you know, you kind of wrangle whatever those thoughts and feelings are. And uh, you go, well, it's, you know, pretty good run. I felt that way at the, at the point. Uh, I had been back uh, from when I left uh, for generations so it wasn't completely new to me. And, uh, even though that was voluntary, then, uh, this was not voluntary. So it's better to go if you volunteer than if you don't. Um, but, uh, it was interesting. And as you know, and I think everybody had different reactions. You have 10, 10, people. Some were, you know, very entrenched. Some had been there. Suzanne had been there before me. Uh, Josh Taylor had been Chris Kosicek before he was a Roman. Uh, there were, you know, there are just a number of, uh, people and then finally Francis how could you do this to Francis mm-hmm. so at that point you start thinking oh wait a minute now this this is odd but you don't know how they're going to do this you know you have no idea how uh how if they were going to bring you back how it would happen and most of us had no idea if we were or not so we kind of moved on with with life and um, at that point so the, the uh, uh you know, the surprise of getting a call and saying, oh, we'd love to have you back. And this is what's going to happen. and Meet here, and we're all going to walk over to the soundstage together. So it was when, an interesting moment.
2: Right. When the storyline started, did the writers mm-hmm. they know long term that that's what they wanted to do with you guys? Or they were just kind of making it up as they went along?
1: Well, uh, that's a good question, actually. That's a very good question. I, I think it maybe was a combination of both. Uh, you know, I don't know that all uh, ten characters, if the plan had been for all ten characters to stay away forever or to sort of meet a part-time demise. Uh, I'm not sure about that. Uh, it obviously was creating a lot of buzz. People were talking about it, uh, which was the idea. And, uh, uh, and, you know, those ten people who died were all key people with the show. I won't lie. Uh, there was... yeah (laughs) and uh, that was you know that was the idea we're gonna we're gonna do something that people will will continue to talk about
0: was it a difficult to get all 10 actors and actresses back was there anyone like who maybe could not come back
1: you know what I don't know that's a good question that's a very good question actually and it's not a question I've actually asked anybody that's that's a very good question. I, I I'm going to start asking around <laughs> and see who was it. I think everybody had to think about it for a minute.
0: Right.
1: You know, I did. I, I certainly did, and I think everybody had to think about it because you know the career of an actor is is nomadic, and we move from one place to the, the other, and that and a lot of people sort of see that's the way it is, and that's the way it should be, and and uh, so they they not only don't mind it, they embrace it. Uh, and, um, uh, the whole audition process and all of that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure I, I would wager that everybody thought about it, who, you know, there are people that probably, uh, extended more consideration than others.
0: Right. What, what was your audition process like for days?
1: Oh uh, gosh, um, it was a very strange one. I had just finished a series on CBS, a nighttime show called Time Express that I had done with um, uh, Vincent Price. And it was the first and only TV series he ever had. And it was a wonderful show. It was, it, it was a show about taking people on this train, the Time Express, back to a moment in their life that they could relive that might change their present. And, uh, and I was the conductor on the train. Vincent Price was the head of the line, uh, more or less God and coral brown who was his wife was the other guy (laughs) i don't know that she actually had a title i have to think about that for a minute but uh so you know i'd go visit their office and tell them who it was and then i was the person on the train that would check in with all these people periodically so if they were in 1965 then suddenly somewhere i would show up in 1965 and wonder how the trip was going and is everything going fine so it was it was great fun i was the you know, the young guy of that cast and, uh, everybody else had been around for a while. And, uh, so that was wonderful. I loved doing that show. Uh, just real, really wonderful. And Vincent Price was just a delight. Uh, yeah. So th- those were, those were very sweet moments for me. Uh, so I finished that show and, uh, my agent had told me, we're, you know, we're talking about what's, what's next, where to go and all this. There was another soap, which I won't mention, but they are on the air. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they, they asked me to, um, they actually asked me to, uh, to do a role on that show, but the role was something that I wasn't really enamored about, wasn't something that I saw a lot of potential in. And um, so I said no, and then the role for days came up, and my agent said, yeah, I've been, she, she had known about this, and um, she'd been trying to get me in for whatever reason. Uh, they didn't want to see me. And they saw a lot of people. My understanding is they saw a lot of people. I also understand that they had cast, very close to casting somebody else in the role. And um, so she finally got an interview for me. And, she, uh, and I went into to interview with the casting director. And he said, can you come back? Can you come back like Friday? This was a Wednesday, I believe. Can you come back Friday and, and meet with the producers? Sure. Fine. <laughs> Fine with me, since you already dismissed everybody in town, but me, uh, <laughs> I don't know why. There's a lot of good actors out there. Um, so we, uh, so I came back on Friday and walked into this small office, very small office, tiny office. I believe it may have been one of the writer's office. I'm not sure, but it was very small and it was packed with people and did the scene that, uh, I had been asked to do. And by the time I got home, I actually got an offer to do the role. So I never screen tested. I'm actually one of the few, uh, contract players that have never screen tested. I think there are only, there there are very few of us, very few of us. Uh, Steven Nichols, because he was actually an under five on the show before and then got recurring parts. Uh, and, uh, uh I was one of them and, and I, I think maybe two or three others over, over time. There haven't been very many. And, um, so I, I uh, got that call. And basically, the, the one question they asked when I was in the office, they said, can you learn lines quickly? And I had never done so, so I had no idea what it took. And I said, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm an actor. I've been on stage. I know how to, I know how to learn lines. I've replaced people in, on stage and on short notice. Um, so I said, sure. And it uh, turns out I did. And uh, so they said that Saturday morning, I get a delivery with a pile of scripts that high. I mean, it was, I was intimidated. I've got to tell you, I was (laughs) very seldom am. I was excited too, but I was also intimidated because I had to be in on Monday. So I actually had to learn at least, I had to have one of these pretty cold, I thought, because I didn't know how the process worked. I didn't know anything about the process. So I actually worked in a day and a half to, I think, learn. I had a script of stack of eight scripts. In those days, we did one a day. Usually, we work a five day week. Sometimes we would work six days in those days. Uh, But uh, I learned the first five scripts, thinking, "Well, we're not going to go any farther than that this week." So let me let me do that and got to know them pretty well. The first two or three I knew pretty well. The last two I knew well enough that I could learn as the week went on. And I've kind of used that process ever since to some degree. But yeah, go in on Monday and um, do a scene with uh, John Clark. And, uh, and then I did a scene with Bill Hayes. So you couldn't ask for two better people to open up with in the beginning. And, um, and it was lovely. From that point on, it was, uh, you know, everybody was so welcoming. And uh, every, the directors were very very welcoming I mean I I was encouraged from day one it was a good place to
2: be well I mean I just just by watching the show you could there's so much great chemistry I I feel with everyone that they present on screen so definitely
1: yeah yeah there is there is it's good it's a it's a good group of people I mean not only very talented people and uh soap operas so everybody everybody looks pretty good
2: mm-hmm. so
1: that's uh, that's one one part you know when you walk in, in the morning and all these people are gathering around you know, oh, my goodness. this is uh, <laughs> this is not real but um it's uh it's really a good place to work and a lot of very good people really really decent people who enjoy what they do and uh you know you you, you like being around them
0: was there ever you had chemistry with a certain actor and then they ended up recasting that actor. And then- the Oh, that happens. There? Not. Oh but yeah, the no, that. There with that actor? It
1: yeah, yeah, that, that happens. On, I mean, the most recent one that actually turned out to be very beneficial for everybody involved is um, when uh, uh, Brandon Barris stepped in briefly for uh, Billy Flynn. And Billy, uh, I worked really well with Billy and like him a great deal and loved working with him, And, um, and then, then Brandon came on and uh, we just kind of hit it off right away. And uh, also somebody that I liked a lot and loved working with. And lo and behold, Billy's back on the show. Brandon's another character and I get to work with both of them. So, you know, it's, it's uh, sometimes that it happens in such a, such a great way like that.
0: Right. Now, when you left to do Generations for a couple of years, and you also mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, a, a, a prime I time did. before that, while, which, was, which was awesome, was there ever talk that, you, that the character was going to get recasted?
1: Uh, oh, you mean Abe? Abe, yeah. No, no. In fact, um, uh, Al Raven, who was our producer then, sort of the legendary Al Raven, who kind of presided over the golden years of the 80s and... Uh, Uh, much of, uh, you know, the really house in days of days um, made a point when we talked uh, about my basically crossing the street. I was 50 feet away from from days of our lives in the studio. In fact, Generations was shot in the original studio for days where, where I shot days originally. So my first several years on days was spent in the studio and then I went back on Generations. And uh, when we spoke, he said two things. He said, uh, well, he said much more than two, but one of those was that no bridges are burned here and, uh, and we're not going to recast aid. So, uh, so I thought, well, that's good. I was, I was just glad they weren't going to recast it. I, it, wasn't, it wasn't that I was intent on coming back because I'd h- hoped that Generations would be running for what would now be 30 30 years, right. you know, I, I love doing that show. It was a tremendous experience. I've loved the show. I also love the people on that show. And, um, so I was in hopes that, yeah, well, you know, uh, I'm so happy to hear that because you invest a lot in creating, creating a character. And, uh, even though I had not any expectations of being Abe Carter again.
0: right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> when, um, <laughs> now like, There's so many different, obviously, almost 40 years on on the show, there's so many different storylines. Was there one in particular that you just didn't feel right that you went to the producers and the writers to talk about?
1: There have been. Uh, There have been a a few of those. I think um, uh, one that has had the most effect on future, going into the future, uh, is uh, when uh, one of the times that Wayne left the show, and uh, I, I think up until then, um, I think we, Abe and uh, they'd been promoted of at the same time, basically, because I came on six weeks. Abe came on six weeks before Roman. They were, they were designed to be together. They were these two buddies that had grown up together. and You watch the show. So they went to high school. They, they've known each other their entire lives. And they were designed that. And Abe just happened to precede Roman by a little bit uh, on, on the show. Uh, but there came a time, and uh, so I actually went to the producers and said, you know, I think maybe we need to distinguish now. Uh, there's no Roman at the moment. This is where John Black became Roman. Uh, or was, yeah, before Drake became Roman. Yes. Then he became John Black. Yes. <laughs> so this is where Drake became Roman. I said, you know, we need to uh, distinguish that. And I think uh, it's time for Abe to, uh, I think, become captain at that point. I think they were both lieutenants. And, uh, you know, he needs to, he needs to be the, uh, uh, more or less the senior partner here because he's the guy who's here. And, uh, so that's, that had a lot And they completely agreed with me. And that has, that's had ripple effect going on through the show. And now Abe is mayor of the city. Um, and, uh, that's, that's been part of that ongoing. And I've had some other moments that, um, uh, I've been very fortunate that the producers have uh, taken it to heart and said, "Yeah, that's 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 good. Let's do that."
0: Now, winning the uh, Emmy, you know, t- twenty eighteen, I think you're only yeah. second days actor to win it. Um, Donald um, Carey, Donald Carey, in yeah. great company, but more importantly, uh, being an African American actor on a, a daytime yes, show, there's not too many of them, and you ha- imagine have to be a big role model for the ones on them and then the ones striving to be on them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been very pleased by that. I've had a number of actors come up to me and talk to me and, and say that my presence has been an inspiration to them. And I've taken that very seriously and I appreciate that tremendously. And I've used that uh, also to advocate for other people of color, uh, not, not only for our show, and that's something that I've done for the entire time I've been on the show, uh, and um, you know, met with uh, some success and some non-success. I'd like to meet with more, and uh, but I see, I I sometimes see the effect of those efforts, and sometimes I don't, which is frustrating. Um, but it, but also on daytime as a whole. Uh, I see that, and uh, in my acceptance speech, I acknowledge the other two uh, African American actors who have also won the lead actor, in Darnell Williams, and um, uh, also. Uh, oh my goodness! I just presented him the Emmy. <laughs> this is terrible. Uh, 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 Al Freeman Jr. Uh, this is terrible. This is COVID mind. We call it we call it quarantine mind. You know, it's when I leave something upstairs and don't remember for. 30 minutes what it right. was, <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but Al Freeman Jr. and I was, I was honored to ask, he asked to uh, uh, acknowledge his contributions to daytime TV at this last Emmys, uh, this June, which was uh, it's such a great honor. And um, so it, it, it has been important because I don't feel television as a whole, uh, yeah, and, and daytime TV, uh has responded to uh their audience you know their audience looks like america and uh, the largest audience per capita the largest audience of daytime television per capita has for many years been the african-american audience many years and generations was an attempt by nbc to respond to that to some degree but we ran into the same old uh roadblocks that can't be described in any other way as but as uh, systematic racism and that several key markets uh, wouldn't carry the show. They simply wouldn't carry the show. And, and for the show to survive, they needed, they needed those numbers. They needed those markets and they weren't on the South. So uh, at all, right. uh, some of them the places you would expect. Uh, Boston didn't carry the show, uh, other places. Um, and that, that, was, that was disappointing, that was very disappointing. And uh, I, I wonder what the difference might be today uh, and uh, if, if that would be different at all. But it, it's been very important to me and very important over time. And I'm, I'm pleased uh, with the show now and that we're, we're uh, making strides. There was a, a time where the show I think a third of the cast at one point, a couple years ago, was about a third people of color. Those numbers sadly have dropped, but I think they're going back up. I know that I, uh, A. Martinez is coming back on the show, which I think is good and exciting. Wonderful actor, been a, free, a friend of mine for years, since he was on Santa Barbara and I was on day. Santa Barbara was on the old Day stage mm-hmm. uh, as well. So that stage has a lot of history to it. And, um, uh, he's coming back. Uh, there, may, there will be some other people too. I won't, I won't say who or what, but uh, those numbers will grow.
2: Will Theo mm-hmm. ever be returning?
1: To uh, I probably should, Kevin. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from there. We hope so. Let me say,
0: we hope so. We hope so. Okay, great. Now, even before you started acting, you had, like, an interesting life, um, and acting was not even, you know, probably a thought in in your life. Um, Let's start with getting, um, I guess, enlisting in the Marines. Yes. Vietnam, and that's, you know, great, you know, awesome, thank you for your service. But um, what was that experience like actually enlisting and going through, you know, infantry training and then actually going to Vietnam?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sound like you were in the Marines, you knew about infantry training. A lot of people don't know about
0: that. <laughs> but, yeah, the Marines, it's
1: mandatory. It's mandatory. Every, every branch of service has their own thing, but in the Marine Corps, everybody's a rifleman. Everyone's a rifleman. Um, it was, it was, it was uh, interesting. Um, I was three days out of, I enlisted actually in February of my senior year. And, uh, uh, and it was, they had a program they called the Buddy Program. You'd enlist with a friend of yours. And even though I went to a very small high school, the guy enlisted with, we weren't buddies necessarily but you know everybody's fairly friendly so we both i said hey you want to join the marine corps <laughs> like a lark like most 16 17 year old uh, so i was three days out of high school three days after graduation and uh my first plane ride was to uh san diego uh listed had to go to kansas city and do the oath and uh all of that i'm about 60 miles west of kansas city little small Farm town at that time, about eight hundred people. Yeah, so I was—I knew nothing of the world. I mean, you could really say that I knew nothing of the world. (laughs) And uh, I read—I read a lot, right? So my knowledge of the world was uh, was through books, uh, television, film, and my own imagination. (laughs) And uh, sometimes the imagination took the largest, larger role in that. and so it was It was, It was. was fascinating. And I knew a lot about the Marine Corps. I, I love reading history, and I read a lot of history then. I actually had thought about applying to Annapolis, but I didn't. And uh, uh, I had thought about going to college to play football. You notice I didn't say study. And uh, so, <laughs> and, uh, but I knew that would probably not work at that time in my life somehow instinctively. And um, so, you know, landing there and going to boot camp and uh, uh, the first thing I remember is they, uh, they gave us all, I think there were about maybe 12 of us from that area, that Kansas City area that were flying out that day. And they gave you a, a manila folder, they gave me a manila folder, because uh, they just said, here, you, you, you take this. You're, you're in charge of these boys. <laughs> you know? So anyway, I, I took it semi-seriously. And uh, so uh, we're at the airport in San Diego, second airport I've ever seen in my life. Getting on the plane was the first airport. So I don't know what to do or what to do. (laughs) So we're standing there and uh, this guy comes in, obviously a DI, had the Smokey the Bear hat on, and and, uh, obviously DI and he comes in, he's very very nice, great looking, great build. And he walks over and said, uh, are you boys here for the Marine Corps? And uh, we all said, "Yes, yes, we are." And he says, "Get the f <laughs> outside." Right. He had spoken his last kind word. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> so three months, and uh, um, for boot camp in those days, it was twelve weeks. I think it, I think it still is a twelve week course. Uh, they had lowered it during Vietnam. They had knocked it back. I think at some point to eight weeks, which was unfortunate. And I think the Marine Corps realized that at some point that it was, you know, and and as difficult as boot camp was, and believe me, boot camp was tough. um, I I still understand the value of boot camp and also the value of the longer boot camp. I I understand that.
0: Now, you enlisted before, or were you going to be drafted if you didn't enlist?
1: No, 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 no. I wanted to enlist. I was very, uh, very... Uh, I even had the Marine Club when I was like ten years old. I formed the Marine Club. We'd all get together and fight fake battles and all that sort of thing. And uh, so no, I was I was I was up for it. That was part of the. Uh, I didn't have a, a what you call a life plan. I had life dreams, and uh, uh, so that kind of fit. And it turned out these many years later, looking back on, it, I wasn't always a fan of having done that. Uh, there were there were times because of the nature of the war and that sort of thing that i i grew to be against but so there were times that i was not uh i thought well you know maybe that wasn't the thing to do and, and the experience of the war war is not, not fun for anybody uh that was uh, that was especially when you're young especially when you have had little real world world you know you're really being tossed into the worst environment that human beings can be tossed into and it's uh it's a pretty horrible, horrible experience. It can be a really horrible experience. So, uh, so there were moments throughout time where, you know, you're questioning things, you're, you're going through that. Uh, as, as life went on, I began to, to embrace it more and more and understood what role it had played in my life and its values. Also, it's, it's, it's negatives. There, there were negatives, and, uh, um, but there were positives as well. And I learned that, the, uh, that you have to work on making each one coexist with the other and, and take those values and apply them to your life. And, and there were many. I'm very grateful to the Marine Corps for a great deal.
0: When you returned, uh, was it easy for you to adjust to guess, civilian life?
1: Yes and no, yes and no. Yes, um, from the fact that I was still very, you know, I was in and out before I was 20 years old. I was 17 when I went in. So, um, so yeah, I was a very young man, and uh, or old boy, however you want to look at it. Probably old boy would apply to me more at that time than young man, because the maturity gene hadn't opened up yet. Right. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that app to open. Yeah. So that didn't happen for a while. But even with all those uh, experiences and, and having been in combat and all of that, it doesn't guarantee... Uh, Guarantee that you're growing up and just guarantees that you you've seen a little bit more of life than some people have and, um, and But also it wasn't Not being fully mature wasn't a horrible thing either. It was a good time 60s to uh, <laughs> To do that and um, uh, and I uh, You know, I did go to college when I got out at GI Bill, which was fantastic and um but I, I had to deal with it. I, I did find myself being, uh, you know, I got involved in, in some fights that I probably shouldn't have or wouldn't have. Otherwise, you, you, you're turning, you know, you have to remember, I think, I think the military is doing a much better job of it today. But, um, you know, you're leaving a war zone, and the next minute, you're you're home, right? And um, uh, there's no transition in between, and there's nobody that, that comes in between and says, you know, you know, you have to think about this, this is going to happen. This, this world that the civilian world that you never really were part of anyway, because you were a child. So you never really got to experience being a grown up in the civilian world. So, you know, there's there's there was none of that. There was none to ease you back. And I think there are other people that could probably speak to it uh, with much more clarity than I can, but I was able to uh, kind of exist in that duality. And I knew that uh that aggression, sometimes fueled by a little too much alcohol uh <laughs> would, <laughs> was not a good thing to do and uh so um
2: and, and I found
1: that there were other interests you know becoming an actor was one of those uh that I had and um so so I was able to kind of move into life that way i'm I'm very thankful uh that um, actually I did go to college pretty quickly after. I got out, and there were, other, there were other military people in the college, and I met some of them, and uh, we, we actually formed a veterans club. I've always formed clubs and things wherever I've been, so <laughs> that's sort of in my DNA that I, for whatever reason, right. am organizing people in groups and clubs. But um, so we, we uh, had a, a veterans organization, uh, which had a variety of veterans from across the campus and, and a variety of political point, point of views. That was the point. Uh, for people who had a shared experience, but also had different things that might be guiding their lives. And uh, uh, so I I think that helped me a lot. And then also discovering fairly quickly uh, the theater, which allowed me to put things in another place and move myself in a different direction that demanded, demanded
2: different skills. (laughs)
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah. so you also w- were a theater critic right yes yes yes
1: yeah. well one of the things that got me in the marine corps was that the recruiter lied to me because <laughs> 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 another valuable thing as it turns out <laughs> another really good thing um no I, I uh one of the many things i had dreamed about doing because i was such a reader i was extraordinary i love to read I, I was born with asthma and uh, I had it very severely and almost died a few times when I was a baby. And, um, so as I moved through life, uh, asthma was a very real part, severe asthma was a real part of my life. And so we didn't have cable. So I read a lot. Uh, well, I saw a TV too, but he only had three channels and it went off in the night. but I read a lot. So, um, uh, I have a love for reading very early and I was able to learn to read very early. Uh, and, uh, so when I went to the, uh, Recruiter, I said, you know, I really want to be a writer. And I think, and that was another driving force for joining the Marine Corps because I thought that experience would help me as a writer. Right. And uh, and he said, oh, you can do that. You can do that in the Marine Corps. Well, it wasn't exactly true. You could do that, but there were things. There were a couple of hoops you had to jump through first. Right. And uh, uh, so, by when I went first went the boot camp, they give you an aptitude test, and they also ask you to write on the top of the test there were certain occupation specialties, MOS, military occupation specialties. And, um, one of those happened to be information services, which was journalism. And I thought, Oh, perfect. And so I wrote that on top of my test. Turns out that I got a really high score on the test and I got my choice of occupation specialties, which was journalism. And, um, So I became a journalist in my first duty station. Again, This this good fortune that seems to have been with me through my life, uh, which makes me most of the time optimistic. And um, uh, I became a journalist when I uh, worked in Hawaii, uh, which was a good proving ground and breeding ground and did feature stories, you know, for everything from captions to feature stories, and then went to Vietnam, where essentially I became. Uh, a combat correspondent, and uh, would write stories not only for uh, the local paper, which was the Sea Tiger, but Leatherneck, and sometimes Stars and Stripes, and sometimes civilian papers would pick them up. Uh, so I actually did did become a writer in the Marine Corps, and um, uh, so when I eventually got out and went to college. Uh, GI bill was great, but it didn't pay all the bills. So <laughs> I needed a job, and I was doing all those little temporary things that, that people do. And um, then I thought, you know what? Uh, and the more I got into theater, this is something that it didn't happen immediately when I went to college. But the more I got into theater, the more expert I thought I was. I had already done a play. My goodness, <laughs> I knew exactly what I was talking about. Um, but I had done a play. My second play, I actually produced and directed, and uh, the local paper there had had a critic that was sort of, you know, everybody did well and they showed up and it, it was beautiful and lovely. And I thought, well, this isn't much of a <laughs> this isn't much of a review. So I actually walked in the newspaper and said, you know, you need a critic. And uh, uh, I'm I'm I, you know I'm a journalist. I was in uh, the Marine Corps. Here's my book, and you can see what I've written. You can see that I write. And uh, they said, well, you know what? Um, there's a play. I was in Topeka, Kansas. So um, there was a play that night, the traveling Broadway show. And why don't you go review it? You just have to come back here right away because our deadline, I don't know what it was, midnight, I guess, uh, at that time. So you have to come back here and type it up and give it to us. So you'll have about 15 minutes. Well, a combat correspondence. So that was a piece of cake. And uh, so I did, wrote it up great response from the uh, editors and the publisher R- nice response from the audience the crowd and um, so I that that's how I stepped into that role and that expanded as time went on uh, later on I moved to Colorado Springs to be part of a theater that I ended up running and that theater failed actually ultimately I was sort of in charge of lowering it in the grave I'd been hired basically to shut it down I needed a job so I did the same thing again I walked into the Colorado Springs Sun and said hey you need a critic <laughs> I can do that job and uh, they hired me and I, eventually I wrote a column for the Sun and eventually I, I edited a magazine a monthly magazine called the, the Peak which was kind of a, a, a business literary magazine if you can imagine such a thing so you know uh, it pays off sometimes to Acquire a little bit of knowledge and think you know more
0: than <laughs> you really do. <laughs> was, was that something that you, you wanted to pursue after that? Just you know, keep keep writing, being a reviewer, or then
1: I, I liked writing. I didn't like deadlines. I'm I'm pretty horrible. At deadlines. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. I got back to you pretty quickly. Usually, usually I procrastinate a right. couple more
0: weeks.
1: <laughs> 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 Procrastination has been a constant battle.
0: Yeah, us too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I try to give myself like a week deadline to do each each show and it's, you know, sometimes it's tough, it's tough. You know?
1: yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: But if I pass it, it's like, I'm the only one who knows about it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's, I'm getting paid for this. So it's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. When it's tough, when you give yourself a deadline, that's, uh, you can also move it down the road a little bit yeah. easier.
0: Right, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but now I'm, I'm sure you've encountered this with, you know, Interesting fans who may approach mm-hmm. and think that you're actually Abe Carver. That oh yeah. To you?
1: Oh, it happens a lot. It happens a lot. There used to be a woman uh, years ago. Uh, I, I have a feeling she's probably not with us anymore. But uh, she would send me tapes of the show every week. Not just one tape. She'd send three or four. She'd pretty much send me every show right. in the mail every week because she wanted me to know as Abe Carver. She wanted Abe Carver to know what everybody else is going is doing in town so he could take care of it. He could handle it. So yes, that does happen.
0: (laughs) Wow. Have there been (laughs) stories on set about other people's like, uh, there are a lot
1: of people. Yeah. There, there are a lot of people, uh, that, you know, you see, it's interesting. I think people, uh, although you couldn't prove it by the internet, but I think people are a a little bit more, uh, uh, reality base these days. Some, somehow, um, it used to be if you were the bad person on on the show, particularly if you were the bad woman, mm-hmm. uh, they uh, the fans would believe you were the bad woman. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of shows about the women back. Certainly back in the eighties when I started, right. uh, you know, they would be attacked uh, verbally at least. Sometimes you'd be afraid uh, physically uh, by people who really did hate them and thought they were evil and thought they were bad. That happened more than a few times. Uh, Brenda Monet, who uh, was a lovely, wonderful woman. I don't know if you remember her. Years ago, she was on the show. She was there when I uh, first started and we became good friends. Uh, and she played one of the, uh, you know, the bad characters. <laughs> and, uh, the, uh, and she would get it a lot. She would get it. She would often talk about how, how uh, she was, it, it made her sad. It just made her, made her sad, and uh, uh, you have that where people, people confuse the roles, and sometimes they do it on the other side. You know, Abe is sort of, as people have said, the moral center of, of Salem and Days of Our Lives, but you know, sometimes people make requests that you know I am not going to do, but they think <laughs> that I will because Abe's such a good guy. Right. Well, you're not dealing with Abe; you're dealing with me. <laughs> I'm not as good a guy as Abe is, yeah. uh, so that that happens.
0: Wow, but before I let you go, I have to ask you about it was a small cameo, but my favorite show, is Seinfeld. Oh yes, the, ke- the Chemical Bank Manager. And yeah, yeah. W- were you on days during that, or was that?
1: Was I was. Okay. No, I was on days during that. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, unfortunately, I missed. I've actually missed out on uh, a number of shows um, that, that good roles. I, you know, I won't say every show was not great, but the roles that I was asked to do were pretty good. But because of our shooting schedule, just oh, right. couldn't do them. Some, it's actually, interestingly, it's easier to do a show now than it used to be because we had so much downtime now, or we used to, probably won't be this coming year. But um, the uh, but, you know, show keeps you busy some of the time. Sometimes you're thinking, ah, I need to go to work here sometime pretty soon. Uh, that was fun to do, it was great fun. Obviously uh, an iconic show, one of the great comedies of, of television history. And it was it was very fun to do. I was curious to see how it worked. Curious to see how it went together. I I would have spent more time getting to know Larry David had I known how uh, what he was going to do later. Right. But But, uh, now you know they all had their thing to do too, and they're carrying a show. And I know how that is. Um, uh, It's a very it's a lot of hard work. When you're carrying a show, it's it's a a lot of hard work, even on. a show like ours where you have several lead actors. You know, when that individual episode happens, which happens to all of us a number of times every year, uh, you know, it's 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 very hard work doing that and making sure everything's in place. You must be looking at the kids. The baby must have woken up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I I, I (laughs) better say there's a hockey game on, I just took a quick Ah,
1: (laughs) I know I'm enjoying the NBA being back. I'm enjoying the bubble.
0: Yeah, it's, it's worked out pretty well for, for both. Yeah. yeah I mean,
1: well, it's worked out well for the NBA, and, and hockey seems to be doing well. The bubble sports, as you say, are uh, doing okay. Baseball, I think everybody knew they were going to make a mess of it, and they yeah. did. They didn't disappoint. Right. And I think, uh, I think the NFL is going to make a mess of it.
0: Yeah. True. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they already uh, postponed the
1: Big, Tw- Big Ten. The, the Pac- Big Ten just yeah. postponed. The Backpack yeah. 12 will undoubtedly postpone. Right. And, um, you know, I personally and I hate to, I, I understand uh, from I understand from the kids standpoint, because very few of those kids are going to go pro. So uh, if you're a senior in college, you're done. Yeah. I mean, I, if the NCAA does the right thing, they don't very often uh they, they will give those kids an extra year, maybe in two years of eligibility.
0: Yeah, I, I certainly you know. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and even the the previous seniors and, uh, and the college basketball who missed out on March Madness, hopefully they'll get yes the eligibility. My
1: Jayhawks would have won this year. We would have yeah, they, won.
0: They, they had a, they had a good uh, they had a good team. yeah
1: yeah. This was the year. Yeah, hate <laughs> hey to say well, that to I'm you, UConn hard.
0: fans. <laughs> no, no i uh, basketball wise St. John's, and they 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 ah. for years. But uh, yeah, well, you know, there's always another year. That's the beauty <laughs> yes, of sports. Sure. you know yes,
1: well, St. John's had a real heyday. I Kansas has played St. John's a lot and in the past. And, you know, St. John's is a historic basketball school. But uh, back in the days when New York City was sort of the
0: center of basketball spot
1: for basketball players, it kept St. John's and some of those other schools up. But now you've got uh, you know California obviously has a lot of Texas uh, you know it's all over the country yeah different places yeah
0: right absolutely but James this was a treat for for both of us we really appreciate it
1: oh well very welcome and it's nice to see both of you very nice people and I enjoyed this
2: conversation thank you
0: yeah uh, us too um are you gonna have to shave the beard when you go back to (laughs) days uh I'm debating
1: that right now it all depends on what the scripts are right at the moment yeah that's what I'm saying it depends when I get a I've gotten a script. I probably won't get one for a couple more weeks, but uh, I'll see what see where that leads. You know, I'm prepared to shave it. So
2: okay, good. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. I just have to heal all those little bumps. That I have a feeling they're under I, there. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the <laughs>
0: yeah, but yeah, but thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, thank it. you. Yeah, you
1: guys take care of yourselves. You too. Thank You, you too. Enjoy those kids. Enjoy those kids.
2: So we will.
0: We got to put one to bed soon.
1: <laughs> okay. All right
2: downstairs and see what's going on
1: because i heard him crying before, yeah <laughs> so. uh-huh. i thought so yeah i thought so right. well good to see you we'll talk again sometime
2: you,
0: definitely man. appreciate it take all care all right bye bye, bye.
1: Bye-bye now so long
0: and a special thanks to james for joining me today you can follow him on twitter at jade reynolds james and if you have a guest suggestion you can hit me up on twitter at the first and all one nine or like the page for Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. show's on SoundCloud. It's also on Podbean. And go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, onesies. They're all there. A new episode comes out every week. Be safe, everybody. We'll see you next week.